Hey, what's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret. Today, we have an exciting episode with Mike Robb in which we're going to talk about real estate investing, personal finance, private lending. Yes, he's a private money lender and networking and so much more. This guy's a connector and I'm super excited about the show. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. The podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. Show notes are found at FromMilitaryToMillionaire.com. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave with Military to Millionaire. Today, I am here with Mike Robb. Mike has been in the Navy for about 19 years. He was a uh, he got all the way up to Chief Petty Officer E7, and then commissioned. So he's now a lieutenant in the Navy. He uh, he's bought and sold a couple different rental properties, and then he's now focusing more on uh, private lending and like managing mobile homes and starting to work on some mobile home stuff as well as uh, a couple other things down the uh, pipe. So, Mike, welcome aboard. Uh, it's good to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah. So thanks. Um, like you said, uh, joined Navy in 2000. Um, worked my way up the ranks, uh, constantly learning from those that had done it before me. So I think that's the big path to success in the military is don't recreate the wheel, just, uh, start learning from, from mentors and, and start seeking responsibilities. So, so yeah, I moved up to uh, chief petty officer, uh, back in 2008 and then the commissioning program got me my civil engineering degree. And now I'm a civil engineer core officer for for the Navy uh, station out here in uh, San Diego, California. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. San Diego, you, uh, Pendleton, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, love me some Pendleton. Um, all right. So Mike, tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess some of your history with, I know you've had a couple of rental properties um, and then kind of what you're working on in real estate right now. Sure. Yeah. So uh, back in 2003, uh, I'm out here in San Diego. My wife and I decided it was time to uh, buy in a, a new uh, property. Um, like, like all good, uh, E4s, you know, uh, I actually came to the property with 20% down, which, uh, was unheard of at that time. So, so I think we did pretty well bringing a, a good sizable down payment. Um, during that time, most people know the market was just taking off. So, so, uh, we wrote up some appreciation on a, uh, little two bedroom condo and, uh, planned on holding it. Uh, the big thing we found was HOAs can be uh, pretty bad. Uh, you, you can, uh, they can kind of ruin the investment grade of, uh, of a rental real quick if they have some issues with the HOA. So had some issues with the HOA and luckily uh, we sold that property back in 07 right before the downturn. So, so we took that money um, in 07 and I started researching and learning how to invest in the stock market. So Took, took all those earnings uh, when I moved to Hawaii in 2008 and started investing in stocks in 2009. So did that while I was deployed for a while, um, got really uh, engrossed in learning how to do it, how to save money, how, you know, how, how to save on fees. Um, did that for a couple of years. And then um, like we discussed, I, I got commissioning program, which took me over to Virginia. So at that time, the market was starting to come back around again. 
And uh, at that point, we decided to build the house knowing we were going to be there for a few years. So we built the new construction from the ground up and uh, converted that to a rental in 2013. Um, again, as luck would have it, we, uh, we had some good market timing and um, rented that out for a few years and just sold it uh, at the end of 2016. So, so that, that's kind of what we've been doing with our investments up until now. And um, as you know, with the stock market, 2009 to now has been a good run. So uh, since um, about the last year, I started researching uh, private money lending. And, and that's what we're working on now is um, we're using our, our Roth IRAs to lend private money and also learn um, how those deals work. So it took me some time to really learn how to underwrite a deal to feel comfortable lending and then learn how to do the private money deals. Um, and now that's what we're doing currently. That's really cool. Do you, uh, do you guys have like a specific niche that you try to lend to? Are you looking for guys that are trying to flip houses? Are you looking for buy and hold? Are you lending through maybe one of those uh, platforms you can find or? Yeah. Yeah. So out here in San Diego, it's harder to find um, uh, a, a first lean position with the amount of capital that we're trying to lend on. So a lot of times what you'll find is guys have uh, you know, they have a first lien position from a, uh, a hard money lender and you'll be in a second lien position. So, so the local deals here, we're doing um, second lien position and smaller deals um, from our side. But what I've been doing lately is looking at a state. Um, I want to get to the point where when we're investing, we're in first position and our money is the entire deal. That way, you know, if things go a little wrong, we have the asset and there's a, you know, there's a buffer there. So, so the current deal we're doing is actually uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's ground up construction. So this is another tricky one that you kind of have to underwrite really well and feel comfortable with, um, with the execution of how they're going to, you know, do the plan from building. That's really cool. Do you mind if I ask what kind of returns you're getting from private lending or what, sure. what kept yeah. you doing that? Cause that's kind of unique for a lot of people. Yeah. So right now we're getting about a 12% return and that's um, annualized. So as long as your money's out there, it's about 1% a month. So that's my, my, my goal there is to, you know, keep turning over about 12% to grow the Roth IRA big enough to where, you know, we can put some more assets in there down the road. I'd like to do some note investing down the road. So, so that's kind of how we're building it right now. Yeah, that's killer. I mean, in theory, if you do that, you double your money every, what, six years and some change, five and a half, six yep. years. Um, 72. Yeah, I tried to do the math in my head, but um, <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass myself, so I gave abouts. Um, that's really cool that you're able to do that because especially once you get to where you're doing first position because now you can, you know, if someone defaults, you can, control, you can get a house and a, you know, chunk of change back. Um, definitely. But the fact that you're able to do that, I, I don't know. I think that's really cool, especially with, cause you're locked in at 12%. So like with the market right now, I mean, heck this week we've, this month we've seen Dow go, you know, do one of these and then, and everybody's trying to play the, I mean, you hear everybody saying, Oh, it's the president's fault. It's doing good. No, it's not. And then it turns the other way and Oh, it's the president's fault. It's doing bad. No, it's not. And it's like this stupid game of puppets yep. where it's like, we'll blame the president. And it's like, 
not his fault. But anyway, uh, I made a whole post about that yesterday because it's like yeah, I saw I saw your post. He's <laughs> like, I just want to be on record. Group. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be on record saying it's not his fault uh, that yep. the economy is going crazy. It's called you know cyclical markets, but um, but yep. being locked into twelve percent interest on a physical asset when the market is, I mean, turmoil. I think is the right word for it as of it jumping the the. Longest, largest dip in years, followed by the biggest day in history, followed by half of that gone the next day. Yep. Um, yep. Super cool to be locked in on that. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think that's really cool that you guys are getting to lend on that. Are you uh, long term? Are you wanting to use that as a jumping off point, or are you wanting to stay in the private money game? I mean, so I call it I call it paying the play. So I'm trying to double duty that money. So we get experience lending, uh, depending on who you choose to lend with. Um, I'm kind of upfront on the fact that I really want to see the back end. So, so that's our goal too, is as we lend, we want to really see how the deal's going so we can get that, you know, exposure to it. Um, and ultimately we'll, we want to take on private money at some point as well. So once I have that comfort level and I've had enough association with, you know, the different type of deals that we're lending on, then our next step is to JV with somebody with more experience and then, you know, slowly graduate into doing our own deals. And as you and I know, uh, you know, Navy, Navy, Marine Corps, your hours fluctuate, you know, the workload fluctuates. So, so I'm all for trying to, you know, double duty you know, outside of work and your W-2. But at the end of the day, um, I, I got to balance those demands, you know? So uh, I, I think sometimes you can try and do too much in too little time. And then you're, you're not really giving either of them the attention they deserve, you know, your side hustling and the job. So, I, so for now, that's working. But we transition uh, in June. We're going to move in June. So uh, once we move in June, that's when we're going to, wait till the job kind of settles in and then get our footing. And then we'll look at, you know, doing a flip uh, in the local area there. Yeah. That's, that's actually sounds like a really smart strategy. And I really like want to kind of key in on something you mentioned there, uh, the paying to play. So we, we talk about this idea a lot. Uh, I know it's mentioned a lot on bigger pockets and I, I talk about it and different people have brought it up. Um, there's this word mentor out there that's like the scary term, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, in a lot of regards, because it's kind of awkward to ask the question, but then when you're getting asked to be someone's mentor, it's almost like you're being asked to take responsibility and hope that, you know, it, it's not an easy gig. Um, and so we always talk about bringing value to work with someone. And so the idea that, hey, like you're lending on something that is helping out someone else and kind of throwing in there the piggyback of like, hey, uh, you know, we're willing to lend on this as a second lien and help you put less capital into this deal. But we want in on learning what you guys did, learning how you yeah. did it, learning your yeah. strategies and learning, you're essentially learning from their mistakes, which I mean, is just as good as learning from your mistakes if you're intertwined in the deal. And then you're also building a relationship with them that can be used down the road when you start, when you, when you go and start looking to JV, you know, you've got relationships now with people that have, you, you, as you lend, you can see who's, who's a, a good prospect to JV with because you know who's got their stuff together. And I think that's really, yeah. really smart play. Plus you're earning. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. And the downside's pretty well protected. So like you said, if you, 
steady 12s, you're, you're, you're doing well. I mean, and there, and there's other investments out there where I can make more than that. You know, you can do some smaller single families or turnkeys, those sort of thing. But the challenge is that money is tied into the Roth IRA. So a lot of guys make the choice to pull it out and then do with it, you know, after they pull it out. But I look at it this way and you and I both know we get a lot of tax advantaged pay. So I get my tax advantaged pay. Then I put it into a Roth IRA. Now I'm getting double tax, you know, buku savings on it. And the five-year goal is to just grow that account as, as big as we can get it. And then in the event that I want to take some of the principal out that I contributed, I'll be able to do that because I've already paid the taxes on it. So anybody that's read, uh, what is, um, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. The richest man in Babylon. There you go. It's a good one. So when he says, make, make your gold, it's slave, your slave, make its children's children, your slave. That's kind of the premise here is we want to just turn that money into more money with the intent that, you know, I can grab that money if I need later on. And that was a decision I made years ago um, by not going into some of the, uh, the longer term, you know, traditional IRAs, because I always felt like I might want to use that money for a different purpose at one, at one point in time, especially transitioning out of the military. So I think flexibility is a, a good goal. I mean, that's why I'm at, I'm at 10 years in the military and I opted into the new retirement system because I, I mean, it's a coin toss on any given day as to if I'm going to make it to 20. And so I realized as much as the old retirement system would be better financially for me at this far along in the game, the ability to take a portion of retirement with me if I leave before that 20 year mark is better than the option to not. Uh, and oh, so, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, flexibility, I think, at least to me, is more important than the return, provided it's still a good deal. I mean, obviously, I won't take flexibility over getting screwed, but um, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, so I kind of wanted to, I wanted to poke uh, the mill capital growth. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to hear, it's kind of your business. Let's, let's hear a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, so um, my wife and I, we've, we've talked about this, you know, on and off for a couple couple of years in, in trying to figure out when was the best time. And, uh, you know, as you know, in the military, if you're really charging, sometimes you're doing classes after work, you know, extra assignments, those sort of things. So for pretty much the first 18 years in my career, there wasn't much extra time. You know, I was always doing classes after work or deployments. Um, then when I went to college full time, that wasn't happening. You know, first couple JO tours at a battalion, they're they're time intensive. So, so now that we have the bandwidth and I've made those career goals, if you will, um, I'm starting to develop the company, and that's going to be on a parallel path to to our retirement. So, um, kind of T minus five years, if you will, 2023. Um, is to build it enough to where uh, we transition into that full time. So the the goal of mill capital growth is similar mission to yours. You know, um, I think some of the biggest things I, I saw as a chief petty officer was, you know, uh, finances. That's a huge stressor in military families. Um, you add deployments, you add moves, you add all these other things, but finances is huge. And a lot of people are just kind of overwhelmed by the options or they're afraid to take a little risk or there's, you know, they just don't really know where to go. And, um, with milk,
capital growth, that's the goal is we want to have the ability for um, anybody, but, you know, active duty veterans, spouses, dependents to find financial freedom through investing in real estate. So uh, I kind of look at it like the uh, oxygen mask on a plane. You, uh, you know, you got to put it on yourself before you put it on somebody else. So I feel like uh, our, our ability to give value in the company is predicated on our success over the next few years in our real estate investing. So as we gain enough experience and exposure to different deals, I want to be able to provide almost like a consultative approach, you know, like you would do to a junior enlisted is sit down and look at their finances and think, okay, where are they at now? Where are they trying to go? Obviously we have BRS, we have other, you know, um, life insurance, all these other things that a financial planner would look at, but most of them won't take you down the real estate path, right? So that's what we want to do. And uh, the big thing with our company too, is we want to be able to partner with people in the industry. So we want to be able to partner with the big names, you know, the bigger pockets and, you know, the, the folks that maybe offer courses that are, you know, bona fide, good, well-run courses. So we can bring those things into the fray and possibly, you know, do scholarships or some, some way to, to give back. But yeah, that's, that's the bulk of it, right? Is just frameworking it and bringing it all together is kind of those missing links. Cause there's a lot of folks that we network with that deal with accredited investors only, but you know, mill capital growth, the, the, the goal there is to be able to help just your common uh, military investor. That's awesome. So are you, are you looking into maybe doing some syndication type stuff with that? Or is that going to be more like a guidance role? Yeah. So eventually, so I, I took a good uh, four day course um, back the beginning of 2018 on apartment investing. So uh, that, that took me all the way from, you know, market research all the way up to letters of intent and, you know, all the financing. So we got a good, uh, got a good solid understanding of that. Um, and the other thing that my wife and I are working on, like, like we, we had talked about earlier, is the mobile home park. So, so those are two assets that I probably would be more comfortable doing some syndicating on. But we'll probably start doing a smaller deal, you know, maybe a buy and hold quadplex. So we get, you know, we get familiar with the legal side of bringing the deal together, setting up LLC. So that's where we'll start with probably a closer circle, right? Like friends and family. But, uh, but eventually, yeah, that would be the, the end state, right? We're doing those bigger deals, but as long as they're accessible to the investors that we want to help out. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I use big fancy non-military word syndication. Um, actually I could try to explain it. Would you care to tell <laughs> the audience what syndication is? You probably will do it better than I am. Yeah, I, I could take a swing at it. So, uh, I'll, I'll quote uh, Lane out there in Hawaii, right? Um, uh, he, he paints a picture like you got a plane and you got the pilots and then you got the passengers. So a lot of times with a syndication, you've got uh, the general partners. There's different terms you can use, but the general partners, those are the operators. Those are the guys bringing the deal together. And those are the guys that you're um, looking at as the subject matter experts on, you know, let's say, you know, an apartment deal. So when they, when they syndicate, they're going to bring the deal together and they're going to raise the money through the limited partners. And those are your passive investors. So those would be all the people on the rest of the plane. So they're raising funds through the limited partners and then the general partners are running the deal and they're going to handle, 
you know, the reporting, the distributions and, and the whole project, if you will. I like so, his, uh, I like his airplane analogy. I think it is yeah. a, good, a good one. Lane's a good guy. And the fact, I yeah. mean, like the idea of, Hey, we want to fly from here to there. We have a pilot. Well, that's great, but he still needs a co-pilot. Well, you have a co-pilot, but you don't have yeah. flight attendants. Well, you have, so if you want to get 20 people over there, the easiest way to do it is for all 20 people to pitch in and make it happen. So yep. Yep. not yeah. too many people can buy a multi-million dollar apartment in, you know, in cash. So no, no. And, and the thing that's a little scary nowadays is, you know, we are in a big period of expansion with the, the markets generally throughout the nation. So uh, there's that kind of, you know, that Warren Buffettism where it's not until the tide goes away, you see who's been swimming naked. I don't know if that's exactly how he says it, but that's the thing I caution nowadays is it seems to be a lot of people doing syndications, but I don't think their pedigree is such that they warrant the ability to bring all that kind of money in because they're, they're, you know, they get acquisition fees. There's different things that they can structure where they're pretty well protected on the downside, but you know, you might be an investor putting in 50 K and that's, you know, a good chunk of your life savings. So, so that's kind of why we've, we've not progressed much further into trying to go into bigger deals. But, but what I've done is try to, like you mentioned, I'm not looking for mentors. I'm looking to provide value. So if I know somebody that's operating and has done a few deals and, you know, has the pedigree we discussed, then I'll look to them to maybe bring them a deal, you know, and, and bird dog or do whatever I can through networking. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we mentioned some finance stuff, but one of the questions I always like to ask is if E one, E two walked up to you and you only had a couple minutes to talk to them, but they asked you for advice on finances or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what would you tell them? Yeah. So this is a tough one. Cause if you surround yourself, if you're around me often in the, you know, in the shop or wherever, you're always going to hear it. <laughs> we go hiking, you're going to hear it. We go surfing, you're going to hear it, you know, cause I always try to weave it in there because I don't want people to repeat some of the mistakes I might've made or, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, but I, I looked at that question ahead of time. And I think for me, the biggest tipping point was tracking and forecasting. So, you know, when, when you're young like that, the money can come in and go out and you don't even notice it, you know? So, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey, a lot of folks might've heard of him. He's got a, He's, he's got a process. Um, I don't agree with some of his investing principles. Um, he's, he's a big no debt guy, uh, no financing, but uh, he's got an app called every dollar budget. So it's every dollar. And, and that's what I would say is track your money going into the month. So you know where you intend to spend it and then track it at the end of the month. And then that way, you know where your money's going and then forecast, you know, I think there's huge power in forecasting where you want to be and what your plan is to get there because then you know it, you know, that's going to be attainable if you just stick to the plan. And I think that's where a lot of people, like we said, they, they get overwhelmed because they don't know what their number is. They don't know where they want to be. And if you build the plan, it's easy to follow it. And then you can see when you're on or off the course. So yeah, track forecast. That's, that's from the finance side of things, you know, I like it. Yeah. I like it. There's tons of other military advice I could give them. I got, I got, you know, the list over here, but, but yeah. And, and I would say that any military advice you can give is generally going to transfer into real estate investing, you know, always seeking more responsibility, 
you know, learning from the people that are ahead of you, you, you can go down the list, you know. I, I would agree. Most of those yeah. self-development or leadership skills are very transferable. I like the yeah. tracking and forecasting, uh, you know, because when you say budgeting, people seem to cringe about like, oh, you yeah. don't want me to spend my hard-earned cash, which is, I mean, that's true in some respect, because if you spend it all, then what are you going to do when you're 60? Um, yeah. But I like, I like the way you put that. I'm going to probably use that at some point. All right. So what, do you, what is go. something you think you wish the military had taught you about uh, finances or investing or, or life earlier on? Because as you, you kind of hinted towards it earlier. So I need, I need to start prefacing this question by saying I don't think it's the military's job to teach you real estate uh, because no. everybody always says that. And I, I understand that. Um, but you mentioned they do a very good job of teaching us about, you know, the retirement system and the medical care and the dental and the how to stay in shape and how to not get fat and how to do. Um, but when it comes to like investing and actually making your money do more than just sit in a savings account, it's gotten better, but it's still, I mean, you'd be amazed how many people leave their money sitting in the G fund for the entire time they've had a thrift savings plan. Um, or don't even have a thrift savings plan, you know? So what, I I guess that's my, my long preface for a short question. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I, from the time I joined back in 2000, there wasn't as much training. I think it wasn't until about 2008 that I saw this program they had, I think it was a two day called the the millionaire sailor or something like that, you know, and that was really good because it covered a lot of basis, but, um, I think for me, just them providing resources um, and, and kind of driving you towards the resources. So that would be the best option I can think of because it's a gray area if they're trying to get you to really start crunching numbers on a cash on cash return and some of these other things. But um, it, yeah, kind of modeling it, showing you what's possible, I guess, is a good one. Um, but yeah, they have lots of resources. I think it's just a matter of making sure people go to them and, and leverage them uh, and possibly they could branch out because I think as far as I've seen, they go up to like a, you know, buying your first home. That's kind of, I've seen that as a course, you know, or a fleet and family service center, or, I don't know, the Marine equivalent. Uh, what do you guys, you know, your, your resources areas. So, so I've seen those, you know, buying a car, buying your first house, um, but yeah, I think that's the missing link would just be open up more avenues for resources. I, I agree. Yeah. I think that's yeah. A good, and, and the one thing that I always think is comical is like probably the number one home buying benefit that vets have is the, the VA loan. And yet nobody knows how to use it. Uh, we're, we're pretty terrible about as yeah. service members. So um, I think, maybe a resource for that would be a, you know, I mean, there's some out there, but like, it's kind of comical that that's such an awesome, awesome strategy. And we don't allow, so we can't have a VA rep come and talk on base because like you said, that's a conflict of interest because now they're pitching a product. And so there's like this void of people who know the VA loans awesome, but have no idea what they're doing with it. And then we can't bring someone in to teach about it because that's a conflict of interest. So it's like, how do we find like this VA guy who's not affiliated with anyone to come talk yeah. about. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's my. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh, I guess my next question is what makes the Mike Rob method of investing so unique or successful? Hmm. 
Well, I, you know, like we mentioned, some of it I think was a little dumb look, but a lot of it was patience and education. So, um, I mean, we'll talk about the real estate component, but I had a J.O. over the house a couple of days ago, and I told him before I bought my first house, I read Home Buying for Dummies, right? I, I wanted to be on somewhat of a level playing field with the people around me that were steering me in directions, whether it's a mortgage or this a value of a house or that you know type of house, that sort of thing. So, so I think um, with with any investing, get your education. That's huge, you know. So education prior to stepping off is is huge. So you know, I read Home Buying for Dummies and some other books, and then when we went to go sell, I read Home Selling for Dummies. You know, just get a good awareness there. And um, same thing with stock investing. You know, if you're getting tips from a buddy on how to invest in stocks and he's not wealthy or successful, yeah, you're probably getting them from the wrong source, right? So, so that's, that's my advice on personal finance and investing is just get educated, you know, um, and then, and then take calculated risks with intolerance. Um, but from, yeah, from the, uh, in real estate side of things, I think the more I've learned about, you know, let's say turnkey single family versus commercial. Uh, I, personally, I want to go more in the, in the realm of commercial just because the, the ability to add value with some of these assets is, is hugely different than trying to, you know, add value to a property and then be uh, beholden to the market conditions, if you will. So there's, there's a lot of transferable skills that I have developed through the, uh, civil engineer core that, that will work well in the, uh, commercial real estate investment space. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very transferable skill, much, much more so than me driving trucks, which yeah, does not really equate to much in the real estate world. No, or me shooting Tomahawk missiles at buildings. That's yeah. But, yeah I mean, I mean, that's that was, at least fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what you were? Uh, is that what the enlisted yep. job you had? I was a I was a tomahawk fire controlman. So that I loved cool. I loved the job of a chief petty officer, but being a tomahawk tech, it did, I didn't jump out of bed every morning running to work because it it didn't excite me. So so yeah, the mission of the civil engineer corps is just is just awesome. Yeah, yeah, it sounds a little bit more in line with what you're where you're going in life too. So yeah. that's awesome. All right. Hey, what is uh, what's a resource, a uh, book, website, course, or whatever that you would recommend to anybody looking at getting into real estate investing and, uh, yeah. so I'm kind of, uh, a, I got books for everything, right? So it really depends on who's asking and where they're at in life. And that's one of my favorite things is, is kind of going, okay, where are you at? Where do you want to go? So uh, I would say anybody should read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Cashflow Quadrant. So that's a, you know, a very highly gifted book of mine that I give to a lot of people because that's that mindset shift, right? It gets you in the B and the I quadrant and uh, start, stop, you know, stop trading time for money. So definitely that, that's the universal book that I'll give to anybody because, you know, real estate investing isn't the only way to you know, get out there and replace that W-2. Um, so, so it, it primes you for maybe owning a business. Um, when I thought about getting out of the military, I looked at franchises. There's a lot of good franchises that are 
very transferable from what we do in a leadership position, right? So, so I'd start with that book, but, but yeah, it depends on um, where you're at in life. So uh, a lot of the younger guys coming in, uh, I'll give them Scott Trench's um, book, Set for Life, because that's got a whole mindset thing, kind of what you're talking about, house hacking and, you know, budgeting, saving on your lattes isn't going to get you ahead, but saving on your rent, that's going to get you ahead, you know? Yeah. So I, I talk to that book a lot. Um, depends, you know, if you're doing apartments, multifamily millions, that's a great resource, Dave Lindahl. And then um, from a self-development, the classic uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's a good foundation right there, depending on where you're going. I'll have to check out the uh, multifamily millions. I think that's the one I hadn't read off that list. So Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, if you're a single family guy and I, I know you're just trying to buy and hold and build that portfolio, I always recommend the millionaire real estate investor. Gary Keller. It's a good one. Yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. ton of, and I think that's kind of cool. So I'm, uh, I'm looking at the idea of like doing some coaching on the side. Cause yeah. I think it'd be, if nothing else, it'd be fun to beta test and see what happens. Um, oh yeah. But like the first week I put in there like, okay, I'm going to give like two different books as homework throughout the six to eight week period. And I was sitting there trying to think of what book and then it finally clicked. And I was like, that's not the right question. The right question is to ask that after I have my first conversation with people and figure out, cause I could yeah. just say, Oh, rich dad, poor dad. And that's a great book. Uh, and that will probably be the book if nobody, if they haven't read it, but man, there's so many good books and you're right. It's all about figuring out, Hey, where are you right now? Where are you trying to go? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if I got a guy that's got car debt, bike debt, student loan debt, I'm over here on Dave Ramsey's total money makeover and we're getting you some envelopes and we're putting cash in pockets and you know, it's a whole different mindset, but, but yeah, if you're, if you're at another level, then we're going to bring a book at another level. And I think that's the huge benefit of just, just building that library. You know, you're just, you're just learning from all those people that have gone down the path ahead of you. I agree. I like a lot of those books, the cash flow quadrant set for life. Those set for life's one that I gift quite a bit to people. Um, some solid, solid books and advice there. Uh, awesome. So, uh, any parting advice or big ideas that you want to talk about before we kind of wrap this thing up here in a little bit? I guess the big thing for me, I think the tipping point where we're at right now is, um, is finding good deals. So, um, you know, if any, if anybody's, uh, got mobile home park deals. Uh, we got cash to buy, so we didn't really get into those details, but yeah, I'm partnered up with a guy that has cash to buy. So we've, we've got the ability to take down, uh, unfinanceable deals, you know, that need some deep value add. So I'm looking for, you know, I'm just constantly networking and, uh, looking for those type of deals right now. But that, that's kind of leading me into the big, the big tip, which is, you know, there's that kind of your net, your network is your net worth, but you know, something I loved about being in the chief's mess was if you wanted to make something happen, you needed to know who knew what, who, you know, who could do what and bring it all together. And that's kind of the big thing with real estate is, is like you and I, I think talked in previous conversations, being a connector. So not just listening to what somebody's telling you, but listen to what they're telling you and thinking of where there might be value with somebody else, right? Bring those people together and just Un, you know, unselfishly build value for everybody. I think that's the big thing for me because uh, 
you know, that whole rising tide lifts all boats. That's where I'm at is the more value you throw out there, the more people you network with and the more ideas you bring together, uh, it's going to come around, you know, it's going to come around and, and you're going to, you're going to make it. But, mm. but if you, yeah, if you're guarding your position and you're, you know, you're not really working through the process, uh, it's going to be a tough road. I was actually going to gonna plug the fact that you're a connector here in a second. So that works out oh, perfectly because awesome. I thought it was funny <laughs> that when we first talked the other day, um, you know, you reached out to me on Facebook and we started talking because our, a lot of our goals align. Um, yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you're on the phone today with someone that I know and you're going to be talking to someone else yep. tomorrow that I know. And Holy smokes, you know, this guy that I yep. know. And it was just like, I had just read the go giver uh, like a couple yep. of weeks ago. And it talks about the connector and that was immediately, I'm yeah. like, Hmm, this guy yeah. is connecting with everybody. And, yeah. uh, and I think having been a recruiter, networking is like the number one skill that I got out of that. I mean, sales was great and all, but being able to network with people, I mean, it's amazing what happens just by knowing people and talking to people. I mean, learning is great. Self-education is great. Taking action is great, but like building a network is just so cool because you may have this one problem and you could read seven books and not find an answer for it. And then you bring it up in conversation and the guy's like, Oh yeah, I did that three years ago. This guy right here is who you need to talk to. You're like, yeah. I just wasted so much time trying to do that on my own. <laughs> um, oh yeah. 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 So that's super cool. Such a great point. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? Is there like, if someone wanted to reach out and I guess yeah. connect with you, what would be a good website or, uh, where, where so would you send them? Email. Uh, yeah. That's going to be uh, Mike, M-I-K-E, at millcapitalgrowth.com. M-I-L, capital growth, all one word. Write that down. That's the best way to contact me. Um, we, we, we have a domain, but we're, we haven't really set the website out yet. But that's going to be the same, you know, www.millcapitalgrowth.com. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, unless you got anything else, I think that'll probably uh, wrap it up. I really appreciate you being on here. I'm super stoked to hear when you get to Ventura in a couple months about your, uh, your flips and what you're able to do with all these connections and this uh, private, private lending that you've built up a portfolio with. I have to stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe we'll check back in. We'll, oh, I'm we'll sure we'll, you, we'll tell we'll tell you if the deal went well or went bad. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm in the midst of the deal that went bad, and uh, yeah. you know I'm learning more from this than anything else. And I'm sure I'll update people with more details on that later. But yeah. for now, uh, just know that even when it's a really bad deal, you'll get something out of it. So oh yeah, oh yeah, that's my note right here. So uh, you know I got tons of them, but fail forward, right? Fail forward is huge, and then. Uh, I gave a retirement speech a couple months ago and uh, the rocking chair test was the big thing that I kind of, uh, uh, I, I don't have the quote right off the top of my head, but you know, in your nineties, let's say when you're sitting on a rocking chair on your porch somewhere, it's all the things that you didn't do that you're going to regret. Right. So that, that's kind of the, the premise I take is I think now when I'm, you know, in my final years, I don't want to look back and think, Oh, I should have done that. Or I was going to do that. Or I should, you know, you got to think big, act big, you know, just do, do big things. And, and that way you're not going to live with regret later on in life. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
that's one of those what's the the other phrase i've heard that kind of goes in foot with that is the the five and five or something like that if it's not going to matter in five years don't spend five minutes worrying about it yeah that's That's what i'm working on right now so (laughs) it's a good one yeah i got the shiny object syndrome so i'm trying to bring it back (laughs) down yeah Oh, we all do. Um, yeah. yeah. Squirrel. What? Uh, anyway. Yeah. All right, Mike. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and end the recording here, but uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. So thank you once again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, brother. And uh, great watching you do what you're doing. Appreciate it. It's fun.